Hello, this is Patricia Casey, and thank you for joining me on You Can Cook to the Tricks of the Trade. For this podcast, I'm going to talk about choosing the menu for your dinner party. We've talked already about why dinner parties are a nice idea, and we've talked about how to choose your guests. So the next thing is the food, and how do you choose your menu? The first thing I guess, is that when you invite people to dinner, you won't be giving them just beans on toast or fried egg and chips. It's going to be something a bit different and something a little special, something that you wouldn't have every night of the week for your your supper. So the starting point with that in mind is to find out from the people you've invited what they eat and what they don't eat. And there are three things to remember when when you discuss this with them. And, and do please do it. I'm amazed at the numbers of people who, who don't do it. And then, uh, you know, you end up at a dinner party and you're given some food that you don't like. For example, on one occasion, I was invited to a dinner party and I went along and they had pheasant. Now, I don't eat game. Or some, if you were a vegetarian, you might be faced with having to eat, a, you know, a, a, a piece of steak. And that's not terribly nice either. So, Check what people eat and find out, firstly, if there are any dietary issues relating to medical conditions. For example, if people are diabetic, you may have to be careful of the desserts or at least have a dessert that they can eat some fresh fruit or something like that rather than something terribly sweet. Find out if they're on, you know, do, do they have to watch the amount of fat they consume? Just ask them that. Most people on a, with high cholesterol will actually break the rules once in a way, once in a while, and particularly at a dinner party, won't be too fussy. But but ask about any medical conditions that might affect the diet. Secondly, check what they like. Um, are there some foods that they absolutely hate the sight of? Like, for example goat's cheese. Because if you don't, you might find yourself with a group of guests who not only hate the sight of goat's cheese, but have absolutely no intention of eating it. So it's important to establish what their tastes are. And finally, find out if there are ethical reasons why they won't eat certain foods. Like, are they vegetarian? Are they vegan? Are they piscarian? And make sure that you know the difference between them. Now, most people do, but you still find that there are some people who think that vegetarians and vegans are the same. And trust me, they are not. And that's very important when you're preparing a dinner party. So having uh, found out what what your guests can, will and can't and cannot eat, you set about deciding on the menu. Now, This may seem something simple, but there is no point in deciding that you're going to have rhubarb tart for dessert, for example, when it's the middle of winter and rhubarb isn't in season. So check what's going to be available in the shops. If, for example, you're using unusual herbs, they may not be available in your local shops. Tarragon may not readily be available or um, dill may not readily be available. They usually are, but, but just make sure that you know what's in the shops because these herbs don't interchange that well sometimes. So the next step then is deciding on the actual foods themselves. Now, try and avoid having two courses that have similar flavours. So, for example, if you have a main course, say duck a l'orange, for your dessert, you don't also want orange mousse. Or if you have um, lemon chicken, you don't want a lemon cheese cheesecake. 
for dessert. So try and not to have a repetition of the same taste. It would be nice if the tastes could complement each other rather than repeat each other. Now you're going to be the one doing the cooking and so you need to make sure that what you choose is easy to cook and above all avoid having to uh, do last minute cooking. So if you're choosing a course that has to be cooked immediately prior to serving, please avoid it like the plague. I should have learned that myself. But when I had some guests around about six weeks ago, just after the, you know, being able to entertain at home opened up a little bit, I decided to have some friends around for dinner. And I had two dishes that had to be prepared at the last minute. And I swear I will never do it again and I will advise anybody against it. So make sure that everything can be prepared in advance or kept hot and served from directly from the cooker rather than cooked at the last minute. So that means that serving freshly cooked steak is out of the question unless you've got somebody else in the family who's going to do it. Casseroles are therefore very easy to cook. Uh, they can be cooked well in advance. A lot of them can be frozen and thawed and they reheat very well. Now, no casserole is going to survive being kept in the oven for four hours if your guests are arriving late. So make sure that you have something that can be reheated and will keep hot without getting dried up or without all the liquid being burnt off. Cook the casserole in advance, then put it aside and maybe... As your guests are arriving, just put it in to reheat because as they're having the drinks before dinner, it'll be it, that will probably take half an hour to 45 minutes and your casserole will have reheated well. Rice is great to prepare in advance as well. And salads, of course, side salads that you're cooking with it. Similarly, they can be prepared well in advance. If you're doing freshly cooked vegetables, most of them can be steamed and you can, you can just steam them at the last minute. And because you're not doing anything fancy with them you can probably get away with that with the vegetables uh, if you're doing anything fancy with vegetables make sure that they that they can be prepared well in advance as you're going along taste the food particularly the main course because you want to make sure that you've got enough seasoning there's nothing as terrible as realizing as you serve the food that you've forgotten to put the salt into the meat dish and so people will have to put in their own seasoning and it doesn't taste the same as when it's cooked into the dish. So you've done you've done the main course. One thing I'll say, you don't need to serve a starter. And particularly if you're serving cheese as well, you actually don't need cheese and a starter. You, you can, by all means, do a full four course, five course meal, but you don't have to. Because if people are having a main course, a dessert, and cheese, that will be filling enough. Or if they're having a starter and a main course and a dessert, they don't necessarily want cheese. But on the other hand, if you want to show off your skills, and cheese, of course, is dead easy to prepare because you just have to put it out on a plate with some biscuits, um, then, then that's great too. The starters, things like cold meats, Italian cold meats are great because they can be put on the plate. And some of the cheeses, the Italian cheeses that go with the cold meats, like the um, the, the mo mozzarella and um, the ricotta, they can all be, you know, prepared well in advance and covered with some cling film and served. Serve at least two desserts because there is no Puritan in the world who wouldn't give up their uh 
pure ways for a taste of two or maybe three desserts. And in particular, if you're not a great cook and your main course is a bit iffy and you're not sure about it, a number of desserts will overcome any misgivings that the guests might have about the courses that went before. So do at least two desserts and make sure that they're easy to do. So things like eating mess and bread and butter pudding, all of those staples can be done well in advance and bread and butter pudding will reheat very well. In fact, it can be served lukewarm with some custard or cream or ice cream and it's, it's a great standby. Now, when you're serving the main course, let's come back to the main course. And I've recommended doing casserole dishes. Uh, if you are doing a roast, as I say, you need to make sure that it doesn't overcook. And particularly if you want to serve it rare, that it doesn't overcook. So you need to be, I'd say, experienced if you're serving a roast. But assuming that it's casseroles, it's best not to put everything on the plate first. It's nicer, I think, to give people the choice of the portions they want. So put the casserole, plump it in the middle of the table and let them serve themselves. You can serve the rice as well if you if you want. You can serve it to them, or you can actually serve the main the, the casserole as well. But don't put it on the plate in advance. Is what I'm saying, and um, because then people can have a big portion or a small portion, and they won't be embarrassing themselves if they don't like it by leaving half of it. If you've given them a big plate full of food, and and to be honest, people don't like food necessarily being put on the plate and given to them. It's nice to to serve your self and it's a nice it's a nice ritual i think we've done the desserts which i've said at least two desserts um it's a good thing to offer people seconds be it of the start of the main course or the desserts but if you are giving seconds in the main offering seconds for the main course tell people in advance that there are going to be a few desserts and they're welcome to have a second in the a second helping of the main course but they also need to leave room for some of your gorgeous desserts and then as i've said cheese following the dessert makes life easier now some people serve cheese the french style which is to do it ahead of the desserts that's up to you um irish people might think it a bit strange if you've got some French people at the table, they'll think it's strange to do our way. So I'll I'll leave it up to you, whatever way you want to do it. Or you can ask people, do they like to have cheese before desserts? Some do, some don't. The important thing as well is to make sure who is helping you behind the scenes. If you're trying to bring out casseroles of food and bring out hot plates and clear up the plates, you're not really going to be able to relax very well. So I think it's good to have somebody in to help, be it a family member, maybe one of your children if they have a mind to, um, or bring in somebody to help for a few hours just to clear off the, 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 the dirty plates and to bring them out and to bring in the clean plates and so on. That way you'll be able to relax and you'll be able to chat with your guests. Now, I think it's nice for tea and coffee after the food to move to another room. Now, some people love sitting around the table over which you've eaten, particularly if there's more wine there. And so you can certainly do that or you can invite them. Do they want to continue drinking wine out in the in the sitting room or in some other room? Maybe you've got a sunroom or a conservatory that they might like to go to or they might want to stay sitting around the, the, the kitchen table or the dining room table, wherever they've eaten. But for the tea or coffee, it's nice to give it to them in a different room. It will also, I think, get them moving and indicate that maybe the evening is drawing to a close because people will stay drinking wine for as long as there's wine. But 
you know, going, uh, then saying, you know, let's come and have some tea or coffee and some chocolates if you have after dinner mints or chocolates or sometimes dates are nice, a nice thing to go with tea or coffee at the end of the meal. Bring them to another room and that will get them mobile. So enjoy your evening. Enjoy preparing the food and putting the menu together. And above all, remember that even if the main course isn't that great, the two desserts will make up for everything. But above all, just having invited people and chatting around a table with some nice food and having jokes and having a crack is really what people value about the whole evening. So thank you for listening and good luck with your dinner party.